Hey, welcome to the Whole Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harrell. With me today is co-host and producer, Austin Brown. What's up, Austin? I'm here. Which is better than the last time when you were just on the phone, so I appreciate you actually showing up for an interview once. Hey, we got a special guest today, a friend of mine, a guy named Aaron Burks. Aaron's uh, born and raised in Arkansas, and he's originally from Mena, Arkansas, currently resides in, in central Arkansas. He and his wife, Lindsay, they own and run Refine Active Health, which it's a full fitness facility. They offer functional fitness, uh, training, uh, personal training, nutrition counseling. They've got massage therapists, physical therapists on on site, um, kind of follow that CrossFit methodology, full fitness kind of thing. And um, Aaron is, uh, um, he's been training for almost 11 years, got involved with CrossFit about 2010, has done personal training about that long as well. He was a 2013 CrossFit Games regional qualifier, competes in a lot of fitness stuff still. He's a big outdoorsman, deer hunter, fisherman, ginseng hunts. We're going to talk about that. And anyway, we've got him on today to just kind of talk about the great outdoors, how fitness relates to that, and some different things. So, Aaron, thank you for taking some time to visit with Man, us. Thanks for having me on today. Welcome, welcome. So, um, and full disclosure, I actually, I actually, and I'm using air quotes here, come and train at um, at Refine. Not very well, Aaron will yeah. vouch for, but I, I do show up every once in a while. But And that's kind of what led us to, to having him on as a guest today. And so, I mean, Aaron, growing up in Arkansas, just give me a little bit of your outdoor background. What's a, what's a great day in the woods look like to you? Man, any day in the woods is a great day for me. Um, you know, I just, I enjoy being out in nature as much as I do, you know, the, the activities of hunting and fishing. Um, you know, to elaborate a little bit on my backstory, man, had a very unique upbringing, you know, grew up in Mean, Arkansas, and, you know, we lived on a dead-end dirt road that backlined National Forest, and we were the only house on it. So, I literally spent, like, I didn't have many friends growing up, so <laughs> it probably, it's like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. Right, yeah, yeah, guy. I see that. Yeah, so I get... basically just hunted and fished a majority of my life. Yeah. And so... And so was... for anybody that doesn't know, Mena, Arkansas is like the redneck cousin of redneck Arkansas, right? Yeah, it was voted the number one redneck town in the redneck <laughs> state, so... <laughs> I, I, I wear that badge proudly. So how awesome was that, though, growing up having National Forest at your back door? So you've basically got 50,000 acres of woods to go run around in, right? Yeah, man. It was, like I said, it was very unique. Um, you know, just at the location of where we were at, you know, also, you know, had, you know, property that my, you know, parents own and still own. And then having National Forest and just where it was located, you just... I mean, I would literally go an entire hunting season and, and not see a single person. Wow. Yeah. And so, like I said, very unique experience for sure. me. So I didn't realize how good I had it growing sure. up. So how'd you end up going from into the dirt road, Mena, Arkansas, to owning a gym in central Arkansas and, and making fitness a profession? Man, I was kind of always drawn to the, you know, the fitness side of things. It's just something I always enjoyed. Um, you know, in high school athletics, I was never really the best you know, skilled athlete, you know, I played basketball. That was kind of the only sport I played. Um, and I was one of the always, you know, one of the always better athletes on the team. And, um, you know, when I graduated high school, I, was, I did two years at a community college there um, to kind of knock some of those credits out and wound up getting a gym, or sorry, wound up getting a job at a gym there in town. And they were, um, they were a, um, basically like almost like a commercial gym, but they also did PT so they kind of had a blend of those two and so I got a job there and um, that kind of started my fitness journey so the, uh, the the manager of the the fitness portion of things was a big bodybuilder and that's kind of how I started out was doing the bodybuilding thing and um, you know did that for several years you know even all the way up through college um, my dream job 
um, that I always wanted to do. I wanted to be a Green Beret medic, so special operator medic. Mm-hmm. And as I was kind of finishing up college and transitioning, you know, I mean, I was, you know, very large from uh, from a muscle, you know, capacity standpoint. And I knew that, you know, if I was going to do that job and do it well and have a chance of making this through selection, I was going to have to do something different. And just wound up, uh, you know, I met a guy at this Conway Regional. You know, it's a gym here in town where I was at. He was a former special operator, West Point guy, like just extremely smart, intelligent individual. And he was just doing some different stuff at the gym. And I was, I just walked up to him one day. I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, I said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing this thing called CrossFit. And I'm like, cool, can I jump in? And jumped in. And, man, it just, uh, you know, it's uh, everybody's first experience. If you've not ever done uh, a CrossFit workout, it's a, uh, it's a little humbling in, sure. in, in a way the first time you realize, like, wow, like, uh, I'm not in shape. Right. Um, which I still have been doing it, you know, going on 11 years. I still feel like I'm not in shape when <laughs> right. I do workouts. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got involved with CrossFit, man. And it's, uh, it's just a really, you know, like I said, I've always had a passion for fitness um, since an early age. And, you know, CrossFit was kind of a, a love-hate thing. Like, it's really... It's so, just a lot of fun. So, right. So you can't, started with a fitness background through that gym, mm-hmm. found kind of a CrossFit, a, a functional fitness kind of methodology, and kind of ran with it. So, I, I mean, I'm just in addressing the elephant in the room first thing, and, and obviously here I am, at a, at, I show up at a CrossFit gym and do air quote CrossFit, but for all the people that roll their eyes as soon as they hear somebody go CrossFit, ugh, yeah. I mean, give somebody the 30,000 foot view without being just an absolute apostle of, hey, this is the appeal to the lay person that's you know, wants to, whatever their fitness goals may be, how do they plug in something like a a functional fitness CrossFit methodology? Yeah, man, I'll start like, you know, I mean, a lot of people have, you know, misconceptions about CrossFit. Uh, You know, most people have seen like, you know, the CrossFit games on TV and they're seeing, you know, these just these bowed up people, you know, men and women doing these crazy workouts, you know, it looks like they're half dying, uh, which they probably are, (laughs) Sure. Um, you know, but, you know, so people just, you know, there's a, there's a, People have this misconception. It's like, oh, I'm going to get injured doing that. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. You know, I always, the analogy I always use, it's like, you know, people see, you know, CrossFit games on TV or something like, oh, I could never do that. Well, that's the same thing as me watching LeBron James play basketball. I can't do that. Right. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm not going to quit playing basketball. Right. Like, right. I'm going to go do what I can do. You can still go get in the exactly. rec league. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can still go do what I can do. But the great thing about the the CrossFit methodology is, um, you know, I mean, the far, the word functional movement is thrown around a lot today, you know, and, I mean, we're, we're not even we're, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But one thing I really enjoy about the CrossFit methodology is a majority of the movements that we use are movements that we use in the real world. Sure. I.e., these are movements that you have to do. Like, you have to squat every day. On okay. the toilet? On the toilet. you got to get up and <laughs> off the toilet. You have to squat. Right. Okay? You have to deadlift every day. You have to bend over and pick stuff up off the ground. Right. Like, you have to press overhead every day. got to set stuff on shelves. Like, those are movements that are kind of ingrained in our DNA. And so, you know, the, the core methodology of CrossFit is teaching people how to do those movements in a correct and safe way. Sure. Um, and so that's... That's kind of where, you know, my, my, I'm such a big advocate for the methodology is, I mean, yeah, we do, I mean, you know, you get results from intensity, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, the more intense a workout, um, you know, the better the results are going to be, but the, the, the kind of flow that we go with CrossFit, especially when we have somebody new coming in is like you focus on the mechanics. So basically we, we teach you the mechanics of the movements and your goal is to focus on those mechanics and you're not worried about intensity. And then when you come be 
you become consistent with those mechanics, you can start to move at a faster pace. And then as you start to become more consistent with the mechanics across a broader, you know, broader domain as far as all the movements that we encompass, that's where the intensity piece starts picking up. Sure. And it's on it's on the individual. We our job as coaches is to kind of help guide people along this journey. But when you do CrossFit, like your goal is I'm gonna try to move as well as I possibly can, as fast as I possibly can. And the minute that my mechanics start to break down, then I slow down the pace. Sure. Like that's the true background of CrossFit and that's where you can you can use this methodology as a you know phenomenal training tool um and and not get injured sure so and again not to say that people aren't going to get injured right I mean if you're passionate about something you know that you're passionate about hand knitting you're going to get carpal tunnel at some point right that's just what happens when you do something that you love and that you know some of us have gotten injured getting on and off the toilet so I mean that's just that's just everyday life well and I that's a you're talking about consistency and mechanics and just to kind of bring it back to the outdoor world you know something we you and I talked about one time before is even like shooting a bow yeah you know just the little mechanics that go into whether you're shooting a recurve or a long bow or a, a wheel bow just the day-to-day getting the mechanics right is what so much of the consistency is based off of the skill work is based off of um Austin is somebody who's a fitness advocate who does some biking and swimming and and plays a little basketball but maybe not CrossFit I mean how does this sound to you coming in from, you know, left field a little bit in the CrossFit? Any questions, you know, on, on that from you? No, I hear you all talk about CrossFit all the time. So, like, it seems like it's a little bit, like, even walking into the gym, it's, it seems like it's a little bit intense. <laughs> Your eyes lit up just but, now yeah. when we came in here. We're, we're recording here at the gym, actually. <laughs> so, that was kind of an eye-opener for me. But it looked like everybody was involved and, in, like you said, coaching and stuff like that. I think that helps, at least for me, when you have, like, kind of a motivator. Sure. So it kind of sounds like you've got a group. And and that's my big motivator is I don't want to finish last because then everybody's yeah. really nice and cheers for you. And then I'm like, oh, please. Don't. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, that's it. Well, and what was unique, too, <laughs> to jump in there when you came in, you know, I mean, what's great about our methodology is what we, you know, what we do is like it, it, appeal, it can appeal to everyone. Like the needs of an Olympic <laughs> athlete and a nine-year-old woman are the, are the, essentially the same Mm -hmm. like an olympic athlete may need to squat you know 600 pounds a grandma may may just be able to do an air squat so she can get off the toilet so we got to quit using the toilet analogy by the way that is true yes stand up off the couch there you go go. go. yeah so or you know if you fall down you don't have to push the life alert button there you You go just do a burpee and get up yeah um but again they vary by degree sure and so like i said that's what's unique is we can bring people together in the same class like we've got people that are in their 70s, you know, I've got some guys that are pushing 400 pounds, and I've got, you know, some collegiate athletes here, and everybody's doing the same workout right? in the same class. Sure. It just, like I said, it varies by degree. We can scale the workouts where based on your needs, your goals, or if you have an injury or a limitation, mm-hmm. you're still, you know, we can scale the movements in a way where everybody's still doing the same workout and getting the same stimulus, even though the degree may look different for each person. Sure, sure. Well, and – I mean, that's kind of a great overview of, you know, what CrossFit is. But even more specifically, one of the things we want to talk about today is, you know, obviously our, our target audience for the podcast is kind of a outdoor-related hunters and fishermen. Yeah. And in the outdoor world, for a lot of us, and myself included, fitness-wise, we don't really think about how our fitness affects our performance outdoors. Yeah. With the exception, I have some buddies that are big, like go out west, elk hunt, pack in, and, and so there's there's some training yeah, there's regiments. Some, yeah, that, yeah, yeah but for sure. For the average Arkansan who's going to do some duck hunting, going to do some deer hunting, a lot of us don't even think about it. And for some of us, 
you show up the first day to go work on a deer stand and you're hanging there trying to trim limbs and, and climb a stand and all this, and you go, oh, crap, I'm, I'm getting older, I'm getting fatter. I'm get-. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about, you know, if somebody said, somebody's listening going, I wouldn't mind being in a little little better shape in general. I mean, what's some stuff you would tell folks that they could do just at the house to either general fitness or specifically even kind of prepping for some of the outdoor-related activities people will do? In this part of the world, yeah, man. For for general fitness, and especially if you're just starting, um, you know, the biggest thing you want to do is, I mean, start slow. Mm-hmm. You know, I always again, it's not the greatest analogy, but I use this, you know, with new people coming in. But it's like when we talk about, you know, just because we have a specific workout written on the board doesn't mean you have to do the whole workout. Mm-hmm. Like it, the analogy I use, it's like you know, say, you know, Chris, you're turning 21 tonight. You've never drank in your life, and we take you downtown and just get you sloshed. You're going to be hungover. You're not going to want to drink again ever. Right. So there's no point in drinking a, you know, a fifth of whiskey if a six-pack's going to do the job. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, but but the analogy, I know, not the it's greatest apt. analogy, it's but, it, it, yeah. yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's relatable. So the same thing comes with, with your fitness, regardless of where you're starting, you know, don't come out of the gate too hot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do just a little bit at a time, listen to your body, build up you know, basically that tolerance. And as you get, you know, that your tolerance builds up and you get more and more fit, then you can push more time domains, push a little bit harder as far as intensity. And that's how you build fitness. It's not coming out of the gate too hot. Um, As far as, you know, utilizing, you know, I mean, there's a ton of different resources out there on the internet for free. You know, CrossFit.com is a great one. Uh, But I mean, there's a ton of different routines out there. Well, speaking of which, let me ask you that. I should have addressed this at the start. If somebody wants to have some specific questions for you or wanted to see more what you're doing here at Refine, what are some of the best ways to get in contact with you specifically or in general? So, man, if they're in, you know, if they're in the central Arkansas area, I mean, just dropping by the gym. You know, we're at uh, 170 South Runway, Conway, Arkansas, 72032. Mm -hmm. Um, So, man, you can just drop by. Um, you can shoot us an email at info at refineactivehealth.com. Um, That's info at refineactivehealth.com for an email. Yep, sorry. Social I'm, media, we're, we're all on social media. Yeah, we're on social it. media, Facebook, um, Refine Active Health. Refine Active places, Health, right? yeah. yeah, so yeah, so Refine Active Health. If somebody had a specific question about anything fitness related or especially outdoor kind of stuff like we're talking about now, reach out. And, Man, please reach out. Yeah. I, you know, I have a passion for just helping the community at large. I mean, my... My goal as as an individual is again, you know, I mean, a majority of the of the disease in this country is due to chronic disease, you know, and and a lot of people pass away from that. And chronic disease is defined as something that can be fixed through a combination of diet and, and exercise. Mm-hmm. So I just have a huge passion for, regardless of whether people want to utilize the CrossFit methodology or not, I have a passion for just helping people live better lives. Sure. Like that, that's my goal at the end of the day, whether that's at this gym or another gym, like that's, that's where I'm at. I just want to help people along their journey and help them live, you know, a better, you know, fuller life. Sure. Um, but what, you know, kind of, you know, jumping back on track, like I said, there's a, you know, a ton of different resources out there. Um, you know, if you don't have a lot of equipment, that's that's not an issue. I mean, there's tons of different body weight stuff that you can do. And, you know, I'm a big advocate for, you know, gymnastics-based movements, you know, pull-ups, push-ups, you know, burpees, Yeah, specifically, don't, don't panic when you hear gymnastics-based moves up, movements. Yeah, no, no forward rolls. Yeah, there's so, no round-offs, yeah. backflips. <laughs> this is, like you said, push-up, pull-up. What were some? Yeah, I cut you off. What were some some other yeah, gymnastic no, so type pull, movements? Yeah, push up, pull ups. You know, sit ups. Just basically, you know, movements that require just your body weight and your body weight alone. I mean, there's tons of different combinations you can do. Um, but when it comes to specifically, you know, like 
it just depends on, you know, what I would kind of challenge everybody with is like, what are the demands of, of your hunting schedule? Sure. Like, you know, I mean, if you're going to go out to Colorado and you got to be hiking up mountains, like going just for a, a 45 minute jog twice a week is probably not the best thing for you. Are mm-hmm. you going to get a little bit more fit? Yeah. But that's not really going to help you because that's not, doesn't have a specific carryover to the demands of what you're going to have to accomplish out on your hunt. So let's, let's say that, for instance, say I'm, I'm leaving Arkansas here in, of course, let's assume it's June 1st. I have a little more time to get ready. But yeah. say September 15th, I'm going to elk hunting in the top of the Rockies in, in Colorado. You know, what were some things that you would say to somebody like in that situation of to kind of prep for climbing in high altitudes, packing stuff in? I mean, what's a, what's a three times a week kind of fitness regimen to kind of specifically train for something like that, for instance? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of the, you know, a couple of things have come to mind. I want to get a gas mask. So just kidding. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. So, and, but, um, but, no, but, but they serious, do, no, they affect, do, no, that, they, affect that will affect you. Know, it's kind of, rate yeah, kind of, kind of simulates altitude yeah. training and, yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad, a bad thing to train <clears> with. But again, you know, if so, you know, specifically somebody's going to Colorado, you know, they're going to be dealing with, you know, a little bit higher elevations um, and they're going to be dealing with some pretty rough terrain. Um, so, and they're going to be carrying in, you know, a lot of their loading. If they're packing it on horses at some point, you're going to have a backpack, you're right. going to be walking. So, I mean, you know, when you look at the specific applications there, you know, if you take a military standpoint, like just rucking, like putting a backpack on and just going for a walk, like, right. you know, walk a mile or two at a time and slowly build up. And just to clarify, not just an empty backpack, put a little weight in there. Yeah, yeah, fill, yeah. Fill you up a milk jug with some water. Don't carry milk. It's going to go bad. But it, yeah, so it was a bad choice. Right, so. milk was a bad choice. So you put a little weight in the backpack. Take a couple rounds. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that's one way. I'm a big advocate, regardless of what um, what the application is. Man, just body weight lunges. Okay. Like just just lunging. You know, if you've got access to a gym where you can get on like a stairmaster or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know that's direct application and correlation to you know what's going to happen when you're out there in the field. Um, unique thing about lunges is like, man, they just. I'm convinced that you could do lunges every day of your life and you would never not get sore from them. Sure. Like, it's just one of those things, like, they just wreck you. Um, but they're a very effective tool because, um, again, it's simple body weight. And like I said, it's just a great way to, to build up overall, you know, leg strength and leg endurance. And, man, that has just – that has a great application to whether you're just – you're going to be out there, you know, in waders, you know, wading through half a yeah. mile of water up yes. to, you know, up to your chest. Or you're going to be climbing, you know, a mountain at 13,000 feet. Lunges will get you ready for it. Sure. So that's a that's a pretty good all-around for any fitness goal. But, yeah, yeah, specifically for some outdoor stuff. All right, so I'm a deer hunter. I got to go put up some stands, mm-hmm. and I got to clean some brush off the shooting lanes. I'm gonna have to do a little walking. I'm gonna ride my four wheeler a lot, but I'm gonna do a little bit of walking. You know, the regular yeah. Arkansan deer hunter, obviously the lunges, take a walk. What other specific movements can somebody be doing to kind of help on that? Yeah, man. Um, you know, overall, I mean, just you know, your standard like you know, just doing push ups. You know, going for you know, just some you know, a, a jog, whether that's four hundred meters or a mile, and like I said, slowly building up. Um, you know, like I said, lunges are, they're always going to be good. But again, I'm, I'm a big fan of, so where I hunt, you know, a lot of national forests, there's not a lot of access. Um, I've gotten a little bit selective as I've got older when I was younger. Sure. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you bail off oh, I know I just bail off a mountainside or I'd shoot this, I'd just shoot a buck and be like, oh, I have to drag it four miles now. Right. Great. Yeah. Like, so I don't do that quite as much anymore. But, um, one thing I do do is I do a lot of sled drags. Okay. So like for me, you know, cause I don't have access, you know, to get vehicles in where I go. So I actually take, 
take a, a towing strap from one of the sleds that I purchased here at the gym, and that's what I carry with me when I deer hunt. Sure, so when to I drag out a deer or something. Yeah, and I literally, I just loop that thing around my waist, and, man, I can just take off dragging that thing, and, it you know, it doesn't wear you out near as bad. So if somebody wanted to even train that type movement and mm-hmm. just at the house, I'm thinking you could get you a ratchet strap and a cinder block. Easy. And literally take a lap around the yard. Your neighbors yep. may look at you funny, but... It's okay. So that's... <laughs> But that's a, but no joke. That's an application. That's the same thing. Where I hunt some on the on the wild on the national refuge around our camp. You know, you kill a deer. I mean, we're dragging it out or taking a cart in, and either way, yeah, that's a movement you don't think about until you strap a. For me, an eighty pound buck, but for some yeah. people, a hundred eighty pound buck <laughs> yeah. to, to, to haul it out. I mean, were you about to say something else? You shot that? one that big? Yeah, right. I'm so. proud of myself. So, um, but no, I was going to get into the uh, duck hunter. So, okay. 4 a.m., I'm going to stop by the gas station, get yep. a honey bun and a Mountain Dew. Great point. Mm-hmm. So, so, as far as, like, nutrition plays into this workout, how far does that put me back as far as, like, what I need to be doing <laughs> through season or even that day? Because, yeah. you know, lunch, I'm probably going to stop and get a hamburger and yep. fries and Coke and all that. So Yeah, don't do any of that. So yeah. All are bad ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. Um, when it comes to yeah, when it comes to you know diet, you know I'm, I'm I harp on that pretty big. Um, you know the just to give an example, the methodology that we follow. Um, you know, my wife has a really good example, but it's like Garden of Eden. Uh, you know, if you can grow it or you can kill it, that's what you need to be putting in your body. I understand that's not the most feasible for you know a lot of people. Um, especially, you know, like I said, hunting camps and stuff like that, but man, it's just making better options. Um, and so what I mean by when I'm talking about better options is obviously, you know, honey bun, mountain dews, not the greatest cause it's all, <laughs> it's all carbohydrates. You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna feel great for about 30 minutes and yeah. then it's like that crash <laughs> comes. Yeah. And so one thing you can do is, you know, make the best choices that you can. But the biggest thing I would tell people is like when you, when you eat a meal, regardless of whether it's a full blown meal or a snack, trying to balance out like protein, carbohydrates and fats. Mm-hmm. So if you balance out all three of those with each meal, it kind of balances out blood sugar levels and you don't get kind of like those highs and lows. And that goes eat whether you're eating, you know, processed food or, you know, what we call like, you know, quotation mark, healthy foods. Sure. Well, and, Still on the nutrition thing, I mean, I'm guilty of it for, like, if I'm going to duck camp for the weekend, I'm going to plan where I'm going to hunt, make sure I have enough gas in the boat, make sure I have enough shells, and I'm not going to give a second thought to what I'm going to eat. I'm going to yep. roll into the gas station, I'm going to get some Crispitos, and maybe I'll get a diet Mountain Dew, you know, because that'll be my health thing. So, I mean, I think a lot of times, even like anything else for your for your health and, and wellness a little bit of planning goes a long way um, oh, on the nutrition sure. side too, and specifically, let's say for instance, we're going to to, to deer camp for the weekend. Um, I mean, instead of taking the pack of honey buns, maybe a pack of trail mix that doesn't have yeah. too many M and M's in it. Oatmeal cream pies, you know, because it's oatmeal. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's so. oats in that. It says it in the name. So. I mean, I think a little planning though. I mean, and but then if you walk into a gas station, I mean. Obviously, there's not a whole a ton of healthy options at yeah. 4 a.m. in the morning, but there are some that are healthier than others. That's that is true. And for instance, I guess that would be. I mean, what's a healthy gas? St- I mean, what beef jerky? Yeah, yeah, you can get beef jerky at the gas station, right? Yeah, yeah that's better sure. than a honey bun, right? Uh, uh, yes, for for what we're talking if about. Someone forced we're you. Gonna, to- <laughs> we're gonna say yes. I still don't think so, he likes the beef jerky yeah. option either. It's so, the nitrates. So. Okay, so if somebody, so obviously somebody like Aaron's not gonna. He's gonna have something. I'm that weird guy to that's show with up him. with all his food. Yeah, but if if you were stranded on a desert island with only a gas station, this mm-hmm. is a, a hunting desert island. This is an obscure scenario here a, a desert island 
you're going deer hunting for With the weekend, and, go. and it's got to come and go. And if you don't want to come and go, is that's a gas station here. Um, you have to go to the gas station and get something at 4 a.m. before you go to the woods. What are you walking out with? Man, I'm probably going to be walking out with, like, um, probably, like, some mixed nuts. Okay. Um, now, I will say I do splurge a little bit. If I got to stop at a gas station, I get M&Ms and mixed nuts. Okay. Make my own little version of trail mix. Okay. So, you know, not the worst thing in the world. But, um, yeah, just anything along, like I said, you know, nuts, seeds, um, you know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of different lines of nutrition bars and stuff and protein bars that people can get at gas stations. Not the, you know, from my standpoint of, like, completely holistic, not, like, the greatest option, but, like, compared to, like, a honey better bun and honey choices bun. you have. So a Cliff Bar would be better than a honey bun? Is that, that what you're telling me? We'll Within say recent? Yes. Well, okay. well, yes, we'll say yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and you're getting a bottle of water. You're not even going to get an energy drink, I right? might get a Propel. Okay. Oh, nah, we'll get a few electrolytes. Yeah, in there. I get okay. that. exactly. You got to preload that way you don't cramp up. So well, here's the real question, though. This comes up pretty often, like at our, like the guys I hunt with. If they're not drinking a Mountain Dew at 4 a.m., they're getting a Monster or a Red Bull. If someone is gonna, where are you at on energy drinks, by the way? First of all, and by energy drinks, that's an all-encompassing. Let's say a sugar-free energy drink. Yeah, cracking a can. Yeah. So. Is that is that. Like a I major partake, no-no? I, no, I partake. I'm okay. not gonna lie, I do partake. So what's so. your what's your energy drink of choice? Uh oh man, that's a tough one. Um of choice, I don't drink it much anymore, but probably the one that I had the most uh effects from was a sugar free uh NOS. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Remember, yeah, I've had so a like, few in my day. Okay, well, like, yeah, I'll tell just quick, yeah, quick story <laughs> okay, on that. Good story so, like, time. dude, I like I love to drive. Like, that's my thing. Like, you put me in a truck, I'll drive you to Hawaii. Like, okay. I just I don't get tired driving. I gotcha. love it. Two years ago, I was driving back home for a muzzleloading season, and I just I don't know what was happening. Like, I'm just I'm falling asleep. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I can't. So I stop in Rover. It's a little bitty town. Mm-hmm. If you blink, you'll miss it. So not talking bad about Rover. If anybody lives from there, love it. That's that's my jam. I love those small towns. But I pull over to the gas station there, and, you know, I'm looking. It's like, all right, sugar-free NOS. Okay, cool. So I buy it, get back in the truck, and start driving. I kind of just slammed it down pretty quick. And, like, I'm not <laughs> lying, dude. Ten minutes later, like, I'm about to get out and carry my truck because I could go faster. <laughs> I'm like, this is insane, man. It's, I was, okay. like, seeing noises and hearing colors. I love it. So... So is that you didn't chase you didn't chase that again later like oh I gotta have two of these yeah a day. no okay, okay, no gotcha, no gotcha. I did not yeah so if I'm gonna get an energy drink though sugar free is the way to go it's gonna be a better option um, you know like I said especially if you're on an empty stomach because like I said if you're getting just you know just straight you know carbohydrates and sugar you're gonna get a crash that comes with right. that. And just full disclosure, you're not he's not rubber stamping any of these is the best way. He's saying this not is not unless this they is, want to pay me an obscene amount of money to give them a shout out. Right. This is the right. Yeah, but <laughs> but even fitness wise in general, these this is not necessarily what you know, if you had a nutrition plan put together with you guys, none of this is what you would recommend as best case scenario. But if you were stuck having to make some of these choices, while you're in the duck woods or deer woods, this is kind of why we're we're pressing him yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. Best like case it. scenario kind of thing. But I mean, no joke. You know, that's a big draw for a lot of outdoors. But I know it is for you. No, it is um, to have you know free range, um, hormone free, mm-hmm. you know, source of protein. Um, talk a little bit about that. You know, I know for you guys at your house, y'all. I mean, that's a that's a primary source of protein. Yeah, most it of the is. Year, right? so, yeah, because I mean, that's you know just a. You know, a little bit on my background, like, you know, we, you know, what, you know, when we grew up, you know, we weren't, I mean, I never, never went hungry, you know, but there right. wasn't like a lot of extra money to like, you know, oh, you want to go get a new pair of shoes? We can do that. Like that, right. that wasn't necessarily an option. So I say, I have to say that hunting was a big part of how, 
you know, we got meat throughout the year, you know, to feed the family. And right. so, yeah, it's for us, you know, because, I mean, and now, you know, we, you know, deer, basically, if you can eat it, I'll kill it. Um, you know, we pro- <laughs> I'm just saying. So. Legally within season, he, he well, wanted to course, that's, yeah. that's implied, of yeah, course. Of course so. yeah. <laughs> um, unless I'm real hungry. So, yeah, but, uh-huh. Or a nuisance animal. There we go. So a nuisance yeah. animal. So, yeah. but, or um, roadkill. You yeah, know, exactly. So. Yeah, but we process our own beef. Uh, you know, we, we raise pigs, too, and process them. Um, we're doing quail right now. Those are Oh, nice. Oh, man. You wrap them. Freaking breasts and bacon, dude. And nice. Up. Mm, it's good. So, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, we're big on, you know, having sources, you know, of, you know, of, of clean protein as far as like, you know, it's been minimally processed and has a lot of, hasn't had a lot of hormones and stuff pumped to it. Sure. Now, again, that's just my philosophy. You know, my, you know, my wife's a little bit more of a hippie than I am, but like I said, <laughs> we try to, we try to eat pretty close to nature. Right. Um, right. Just because. Again, my philosophy on that is, like I say, when you get a lot of the the additives and stuff you get with like just deli meats and stuff like that, these are just these are chemicals and things that our body wasn't necessarily designed to process, and so your body will have problems doing that when you're constantly putting that stuff in your system over time. Right. That's where you run into to you know diet related issues and illnesses. Sure. You know, as you get older. And and for the folks that are listening, I mean, and this is something I struggle with sometimes of hearing somebody like. Aaron and Lindsay, who do a great job of, you know, eating what, what we most people would say, eating clean. And, you know, you hear about, you know, whole foods diet, yeah, and, you know, non-processed yeah. and all that. And which, you know, ideally in a perfect world, yep, that's the way to go about it. But so sometimes you feel, somebody like me who's not as good about doing that, feels some pressure and thinks, well, crap, if I can't eat grass-fed venison all day every day, I might as well eat a Big Mac. But that's not true. Yeah, Chick Fil A. Yes, that's God's God's chicken and God's peanut (laughs) oil. But my point being, just because you can't have hormone-free poultry, chicken, kill a deer, whatever, doesn't mean that just grilling a chicken breast from Kroger. Oh yeah, isn't better than eating a Big Mac. No, ten times better. It's hard to get. Sometimes you have to wrap your head around that. Is baby steps are great. Yes. Don't feel like you have to go from um, eating Vienna sausages nothing wrong with that, and beanie weenies straight to nothing but, you know, chickens that you're raising in your backyard. Yeah, no, it's it's all about, you know, just small gradual changes over time. So, you know, when we look at doing nutrition consults with people, it's like you do get some people that can make just this entire 180-degree shift, you know, and go from eating one way to the other way. But for most people, that's not practical. And I always use the analogy, it's like how many crack addicts, you know, that just quit cold turkey? Like, you know, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So it's, you know, when we look at making dietary changes, or if we have somebody listening that wants to start, you know, including healthier foods in their diet, man, pick one meal or pick one food group. So like, you know, pick one meal where it's like, all right, breakfast every day, I'm going to have, you know, these healthy options. And, and you do that. And as that over time, as that becomes habitual, then you can move on to the next meal. Or if right. it's like, Hey, you know, I need to quit eating these, you know, Vienna sausage as good as they taste, cut, cut a food group out. And right. as that, you get used to not having that in your diet anymore, you can slowly start kind of eliminating things one at a time. That way it's gradual and it's not like just this huge shock. Right. Yep. yep. But a lot of it comes down to, you know, jumping back where we were just a minute ago, you were talking about preparation. Like, it is just, you've got to have the, you've got to have the, the habit changes and and have the ability to develop new habits and have the discipline with that. And everybody's, oh, it's so hard. 
nothing in this life worth having is easy or free. Sure. But I see, you know, I'm, this is this is at the deer hunters here. Like you'll spend seven months freaking scouting and doing research <laughs> and <laughs> setting up cameras, game cams yeah, and yep. doing all this stuff to get one deer. So you're telling me that you can do that for seven months, but you can't like you can't commit the same amount of mental energy to like changing your diet, right. like. Yep. So trying to challenge some folks there. Like sure, it's no. all about just it's knuckling down, getting the discipline and making those slow, steady changes over time. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty as the next guy on that type of stuff. And, you know, kind of bringing it full circle, too, is, you know, you know, I'm in my I'm getting close to 40 now. I'm, in my, I'm still saying mid 30s. Yeah. You don't look a day over 50. Thank you. I appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, some of my, you know, the generation ahead of me, my dad, some of my uncles and all that, and they're all still out and about and hunting and fishing and my thing is, if for no other reason fitness-wise for general health, I really want to be able to go and do in the outdoors until I'm ready to, to kick the bucket, you know. Yeah. I, I'd like to be 85 years old and trip and drown in the, maybe not drown. What's a quick death in the duck woods that's not traumatic? Anyway, I'd like to just peacefully slip away while I'm, and I'm 85 years old in good health in the duck woods. How's that? Hey guys, just a quick reminder too, uh, if you're looking for any kind of insurance, auto, home, or life, or something specific to the outdoors, like boat, UTV, need something for additional for your guns, uh, reach out to our friend Brent Brainerd. He's with State Farm out of Heber Springs, Arkansas. Uh, they handle all that type of stuff. You can reach them at 501-362-5891. Uh, give him a call. Take care of any of your insurance stuff. So another thing, just kind of bringing it full circle on on you know making those little steps and and trying to make changes and um, you know when it pertains to the outdoors and, and fitness related, you know I'm I'm mid thirties pushing forty. Some people would say you know don't look at age. How old do I look to you, Aaron? Do am I being honest? Yes, honest would be great. Okay, twenty two. Thank you. Appreciate so. that. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. So some people would say otherwise, but anyway, <laughs> as you as as I look at like some people that are you know a little older than me, my dad's age, some of my uncles and stuff that I still hunt with, they're still out there hitting it, getting after it, you know, in their sixties. And some my granddad was hunting in his seventies, but I mean, if for no other reason, I'd like to have my health and fitness to a sufficient level to be able to go and do general stuff, but be in the outdoors until I'm. 85 and hopefully just slip peacefully away in a deer stand kind of thing so i think that's something we don't think about as outdoorsmen that all these honey buns and coors lights now in our 20s 30s and 40s are going to bite us in the butt a little bit in our 50s 60s and so and so on i mean speak to that a little bit so far as lifelong fitness yeah man that that's so true because like i said you do have to kind of think with the end in mind um you know and that's one reason i'm so passionate about it but you know i mean i you know, like I said, did this competitively for a while, and obviously I don't train competitively anymore, but I still like to keep my fitness at a at a high level because for me, I want to be able to go out in nature and and do what I want to do and not have to worry about, like, the health and fitness side. Right. So, you know, an example, like, we haven't been able to go the last two years, but I go to Peru every year for a mission trip. Sure. You know, and we've been you know, blessed enough on the back end, we've been able to take a group to Machu Picchu, you know, one mm -hmm. of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Um, you know, base camp, you know, we sit up in this little town, I think it's like 3,500, you know, and it's like 7,000 feet is kind of where it's somewhere in there. Sun Gate's like 9,500. And if you do Machu Picchu, the stairs of death, mm -hmm. I, golly, I think it's, it's just, I think just, it might be just south of 13 or 12,000. Sure. Wow. Like it's high. You're scraping the clouds. Yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah you, it, air's a little thin up there. I can go do that, and I really, like, yeah, I get a little bit winded. Right. But, like, I'm not wrecked for a week after. Like, a lot of lay people would be, or not even the lay person, just somebody who has 
little fitness background hasn't really been worried about it. They show up and go, I want to go do all this. And then it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and they and they can enjoy it. And so for me, it's that I do health and fitness because I keep the end in mind. I want to not only do I want to be out there, you know, hunting and fishing, you know, when I'm 75, 80, 85. Um, it's funny you talk about falling asleep in a deer stand. I'm, I hope to go out like old Jeremiah, man. I want a, I want a Bowie knife and a bear, baby. There you That's go. how I want to leave this world. So, <laughs> But not for another 50 or 60 years, right? Yeah. Preferably. Okay. So, gotcha. preferably. Gotcha. But it's not only just I want to be able to do the things I enjoy later in life, but even just more importantly than that, like I want to be fit enough where when my when I have grandkids, if they want to go climb Pinnacle, Grandpa can go do it with right. them. Right, yep. Yep. Like, so for me, that's my motivation is keeping the end in mind where it's like, I want to be able to go out and drag a deer out of the woods, even though I'm going to get a little bit windy. It's a little bit tough. It's not going to wreck me for a week because I can go out the next morning and do it again. Right. So yep. it's if you can find kind of that that intrinsic motivation about what you love about the outdoors and use that kind of as your compass to drive you towards, you know, health and fitness and living a healthier lifestyle, taking care of yourself, eating better. Man, it just it will pay dividends in the long run because sure. you are what you eat. Yeah. Like if, I mean, you literally you are what you eat. So if you're eating crap and drinking crap all the time, you, you know your body's going to pay the consequences of that later on. Right. Yeah, I see that in my life all the time. <laughs> so, so let's do some random like popcorn questions here. Yeah. Um, fitness and and health and fitness and outdoors related. So I'll start. Maybe you jump in here too. But so if I'm going to if I'm going to deer camp for the weekend and I'm going to have an adult beverage, obviously no alcohol is going to be the, the healthiest option. But if I think I'm just going to have a couple around the fire, what would you tell somebody that says I'm, I'm going to imbibe a little bit? There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I mean, that's part of, you know, again, I don't want people to think that it's like, oh, you know, he never cheats on his diet or anything. No, I, I follow the, well, I do, I, you know, I kind of joke. I have, I follow the, Diet principle, like, I eat what I want 100% of the time. So sure. I've been able to stick with that diet for <laughs> forever. Yeah, I, um, I like that one. But, it's uh, man, it's the 80-20 principle. You know, what we talk about, again, you get one life and one life only. We want to live it to the fullest. So it's like, for me, I eat... I eat the way I know I'm supposed to eat 80% of the time so that I can enjoy the health and benefit side of that for my, you know, my health. But at the same time, I'm not limiting myself from enjoying the foods that I like to enjoy. Sure. You know, going out to a restaurant, you know, getting dessert, going to deer camp for a weekend, and, you know, and cracking a couple back. Like, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Just what you need to think about is... If you haven't drank in six months, probably shouldn't kill that twelve pack, <laughs> right? So and so, but to piggyback on that, if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, it's not so much sitting around the fire and choosing between having a glass of wine or having a whiskey drink or having a cold beer. It's saying I'm going to have a couple cold beers. I'm not going to drink a thirty pack. Yeah, moderation. Okay. Yeah, and then following it up with a nice glass of water before you go to bed. There you go. It makes that yeah. Learn that lesson a little late in life. So, but that that really helps with that. <laughs> Some the, of us the, the are still morning. learning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AB, go popcorn question. What you got? So if if everybody's going to the Mexican restaurant from yeah. the camp after, what are you going to go with? to stay as close to your diet or whatever as you can? Like, what would be something healthy? Well, for me, yeah, yeah. For me, I'd start out with my body weight and chips and salsa. So (laughs) that's my, uh, (laughs) that's kind of like my weak thing, man. I love love me some chips and salsa. I'm a big fajitas guy. Yeah. So, I mean, you are getting, you know, you know, I mean, you know, you're getting, you know, tortillas, you you know, you can get them corn, flour, your choice. But, I mean, you're just, you're getting a good serving of meat with vegetables kind of all fried together. A little bit heavier on the oil, but, I mean, 
that's a pretty stinking healthy option. You know, if you're getting, you know, a cheese tortilla, you know, <laughs> that's lathered in cheese, you know, yeah. you're, you're. Or a fried chimichanga. You know, exactly. Yeah. Fajitas yeah. would be a little better yeah, served. That, yeah, that toilet's not going to be very appreciative uh-huh. of you the next day. I thought we weren't going to talk about toilets so. <laughs> Oh, God, my bad. So, um, so here's one. This is random fitness question. If I'm in the Duckwoods a lot of times, yeah. and so nowadays, you know, they have breathable waders, which are kind of that, you know, not flimsy material, but it's kind of a thin material. If I'm wading around in water that's like mid-thigh up to my waist, mm-hmm. and you're stepping over stuff, for some reason at the end of the day, like I get cramps like in the bottom of my foot. Yeah. Why is that? Is that a random question? No, not necessarily too random. Um, you know, we could, I mean, there's a whole, you know, rabbit trail we could go down there, but basically, you know, I mean, it's just like that's just part of your, your body that's that's tightening up from all the work that you've done. Um, so when it comes in, you know, specifically, like if, if that's an issue for somebody, you know, I'm a big guy on like soft tissue work and stuff like that. Um, and so what I mean by that is take like a lacrosse ball or a softball, um, and basically roll the bottom of your feet with that. So like stand in a corner where you can kind of balance, put that thing underneath your feet and just kind of roll out the tissue on the bottom of your foot. So you're standing on it with like one foot at a time, kind yeah. of pressing down and helping release some of that tension in there that's yeah, built up from yeah. that weird... I mean, that's one thing. <clears throat> walking in waders is not like walking on dry ground. And I'm sure you're tensing up all your leg muscles all the way up and down. And cl- It's almost like you get turf toe. Have you done this or am I crazy? Am I the only weirdo that does this in waders? I thought you were going to ask the question about like my hips start hurting like when I weighed a bunch and then you you threw me off with the with feet the going to yeah. the, well but <laughs> yeah. still I mean what if you, I mean you're if you if somebody's like wading around I mean no joke I've had my hips hurt you drive yeah. all the way over there you wait around yep. with these with the water compresses these waders on you and you get a pick it's just a it's a weird awkward movement all day and then you drive two hours home and you get back and you're like my small of my back and my hip I mean all of it hurts yeah I mean, yeah exactly yeah well I mean yeah because I mean you're basically you know, I mean, every step is, is under tension or basically right. you're fighting resistance with every step you have to take. And so it's, um, yeah, that's just a lot of work that most it's people a lower body workout right it, there, it, that, right? that literally is a workout. Yeah. Like, it's like almost like running in sand. Yeah. You know, it's like that'll make the bottom of your feet like really stinking And tight. so to that point, though, I mean, that, you're literally going through a workout in the Duckwoods. You know, if we do a workout here at Refine, when we get done, there's some stretching afterwards. And there's some take home of, hey, do this and this to kind of recover from it. But you get through duck hunting, you don't think about it being a workout. And we'd probably be pretty well served. Like you talked about doing some of that soft tissue stuff with your feet mm-hmm. or doing some some stretches, you know. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what's a what's an applicable stretch that yeah. somebody could do. They get out of the duck woods. Yeah, man, uh, for, you know, coming out of the duck woods especially, you know, like low back and hips, man, there's a ton of different, like, yoga poses you can do. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you can research that stuff on YouTube. But, um, like, a pigeon stretch is a really good one. Um, a down dog is a really good one for kind of getting into the hips and low back. Uh, those are two that kind of cop, you know, come right to the mm-hmm. forefront of my mind. But man, just researching, like you can literally go to YouTube and like yoga, you know, yoga poses for low back and, you know, hip tightness. Right. Dude, you'll get just a plethora yeah. of, of different things that'll come up. And this is stuff you can do for like five or 10 minutes that makes a world of difference. You oh, know, it makes all the difference in the world because again, you have, you have to think about like your, our bodies are machines. Like, it's the most amazing machine that was ever invented and will ever be invented. Like, God knew what he was doing when he, you know, made us. And our body is a system of systems. And so it's like it's like buying a brand-new truck and never doing maintenance on it. <laughs> right. You know, you're going to get 30,000 miles of it, and it breaks down. Right. Your body's the same way. Like, you get, you have to maintain a truck, so you, sh- you should also maintain your body. So it's realizing that, you know, some of us, you know, depending on, 
you know, lifestyle injuries or, you know, you know, where we carry weight, you know, we're going to have areas that hurt, you know, more so than others on a consistent basis. And so it's just, man, I mean, it, we live, it's 2020, right? Like you can literally get on YouTube and learn how to freaking be an astrophysicist, right. like do a little bit of research and learn how to do maintenance on yourself with the areas of your body that are giving you issues. Because like, that's just, that's part of the due diligence that, right. that we need to, to have with ourselves. Right. And so, I, like I said, I always come back to that analogy. I mean, it's like, you're not going to buy a brand new truck and never do any maintenance right. on it. Why should our bodies be any different? Yeah. What are the popcorn questions you got, AB? You pretty much covered it. My, my other one would be like, if I go to the hamburger joint, Am I getting a yeah. hamburgers, man? That after hey, that's my biggest weakness: gas station, and then everybody's going to the to the dairy bar. By yeah, my can. there you the go. Guy. And yep. so it's like, what do I need to go with? Do I need to try to stay away from like the bread groups? Like the fr- I mean, all fries is a bad one, and it's like, oh man, I'm not. That's my weakness too, dude. Like we have this little restaurant back home. It's called Myers Cruisers, and it's almost like the original like Sonic concept. But like this is this restaurant's been unchanged since like the 40s or 50s. Like it's all like old school, you know. And I mean, the, you know, the girls are bringing the food out to you. It's like you know old time music, but it's like everything's fried and lard. Sure, and it tastes so good. <laughs> uh, and I, I'll, t- I'll just be honest, I, t- I get a triple meat cheeseburger, baby. Triple meat cheeseburger, large order of fries, and 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 I'll get that that brownie fudge Sunday. So I did, yeah, about four thousand calories in one hit. So you probably want to take a couple of extra laps around the yard with the cinder block tied to your waist after you do if this. If you right? do that, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have a very high metabolism, even though I'm I'm in my mid thirties. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to worry about that too much. But I will say that, um, man, if I do eat like that, like I. I get down tell. for a little yeah. bit. It's like, for me, I was using, it's like putting gasoline in a diesel engine. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, it, it may still run, but it, it's it's not going to be performing that sure. well. Well, how many times do you get through with the hunt and you go eat the double cheeseburger and the milkshake at the dairy bar and you come back to camp and you're like, I need a nap. It's not because you got up at four o'clock in the morning. It's because you just pounded 3,500 calories yep. and it just went Boom! That gut bomb dropped, and yeah, you're yeah, yeah, guilty. Yep. And so yeah, that's so. I, man, I, yeah, as, as far as healthier options, getting back like that's just hard because that's your my first thing is don't go to the freaking dairy bar. It's probably the healthiest. Yeah, exactly. Going. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going. You don't want to be that guy. Well, but, that's true. Here, but here's the here's the deal with that, and there's not. A, it comes back to like the A20 principle. Like, you know, for me, so like, yeah, that you know, when I go to Mina, you know, especially you know, because. Um, you know, I always talk about, you know, if I come, when I come down off the mountain, um, you know, we've got some, you know, some property there where I do some, some ginseng hunting. Oh, let's and talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we yeah, can't, yeah. Yeah. It's all good. But it's like, man, I'll come off from, you know, a day of scouting or, you know, you know, digging ginseng. And it's like, man, I've been up on the mountain since five and it's two o'clock. Right. Like. I'm going to cruisers and I'm getting a triple meat yeah. cheeseburger, man. <laughs> like, it's just the all there is in. to yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but on that side, on that the flip side of that, like I know that. So what I do is like, all right, I know that I'm going to have you know this you know cheat meal or you know hamburger whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, but I know that since I'm going to have this today, that my breakfast and my afternoon snacks and my dinner are going to be really good food choices. Sure. That way I'm not, you know, that way I'm kind of, you know, basically balancing out the equation. I'm not eating that, you know, and there's right. nothing wrong with eating a hamburger and fries. The problem is, is eating it two or three times a day, right. you know, Seven every, si- yep. yeah, every yeah. single day. Yeah. So it's just balancing it out. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, we get away from sometimes and you think, well, if I can't make a little good choice, I'm not going to make any good choice. And that's just a horrible mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a kind of spiral. A yeah. You can kind of get yeah. a spiral there, but talk about the ginseng hunting. Cause that's a, yeah. So ginseng is a pretty, um, you know, profitable 
profitable business to be into. Um, you know, it, you know, it's, uh, it could, you know, it'll change, you know, year to year, but you know, on average, you know, man, I mean, you can look at, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars a pound in a good year. Really? Yeah. And that's dried weight, not green weight. Dried so. weight. So you dig up the, the roots are what they want, yeah. right? Yeah. The roots are what, or what they really want. Um, you still get, um, you know, a lot of the properties, the roots. So if you're not familiar with ginseng, you know, they put that in energy drinks and a lot of stuff like that. Um, uh, majority of what the U.S. harvests every year actually goes to China. Hmm. So, you know, China's really big on it from an Eastern medicine standpoint. Okay, yeah. You know, the, the leaves and the stems have a lot of the same properties as... Um, as the root itself, as the roots. Right. And yeah, it, okay. there, I mean, there's a lot of medicinal properties that go in, into it. It's actually a very fascinating, uh, you know, plant. And so, you know, I've kind of geeked on out on it the last couple of years. And um, so do you sell some and then you keep some for personal use both or you keep yes. it all for personal use? Yeah. So no, I do. So this will be um, this will be my first year to, to sell. Um, and so I've been using it for the last two years personally. And, um, like I said, yeah, you just get a lot of benefits from, you know, immune system health, gut health. And I mean, you get a good energy kick from it. Um, what I really like about it, I'll just kind of, I'll use the leaves and some of the root and brew it in tea, just like you right. brew any normal tea and you get like, you get a really good, like just kind of up from it, but it's very different from caffeine. You don't get any like the jitteriness or, you know, kind of like the nervousness. You just kind of you're just more you, like you're just more focused, and there's not really a crash from it. So, so last year during the season, Aaron Aaron gave me some, and he said, "Put this." He said, "Put this in your in your gum uh, like yeah. a dip." <laughs> well, he gave it to me right before a workout in here, and you want to mm-hmm. talk about like focus? Yeah, <laughs> that was the first time I had like real like pure, I say pure ginseng. I feel like we're talking about cocaine or something, but like yeah, I had the real stuff here. Yeah, pure ginseng, and like stuck it in your lip like you would a dip, and I mean. All of the things he just said, very true. I mean, it was like, you focused in, you felt the energy, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't, not that I've ever had a dip in case my mother or my wife's listening. Of course. But it wasn't like putting in a nicotine dip, and it wasn't like having a shot of espresso. It was a, it was a kind of a different focus, a different energy, and it, I kind of liked it. And then he told me it was 500 to $1,000 a pound, and he didn't give me any more after that. And I see Well, of course now, not. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, yeah, I got, man, the places, yeah, where, you know, the, you know, the property that we have where some of it's grown. And I've spent the last couple of years, um, you know, transplanting and, you know, and, and planting seeds and stuff so it can grow naturally. Yeah. So harvest in the future, future, it's got a very... It takes a very long time for it to grow. Big enough um, to you, harvest it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're talking several, you know, five to eight years. So this is um, like hush know. hush top secret stuff. Like you don't want anybody to know where your where your stash is. And you, I mean, about again, like you and your fishing holes. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's kind of like the duck still world, haven't the still haven't world. got to go on with them crappie crappie fishing. Okay, well, so, you know. but yeah, so more it's, man, we'll it's like one of, it's it's like one of those underground things. Like, you know, I always I I think I've used the analogy with you, like so. And people that are listening. So I also, you know, I own a uh, wolf hybrid. Um, a name, wolf hybrid, like a like a pet. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Which so, I've seen. It looks more like a wolf than anything else. But yeah, anyway. she is. She is a majority wolf. What's her name? Her name is Kina. Kina. And so it's like you know when I kind of you know like infiltrated that circle to get a hybrid. It's like <laughs> man, that's like just. It's almost like crime boss or something. It's like, you know, it's like this whole other world that operates right under your nose and you never know it. You're and have so, to get into the sanctum, the inner yeah, sanctum. Yeah, you here. do. And so it's like, it took me years to infiltrate this place. <laughs> and so, like, man, the whole, yeah, the whole thing with like ginseng hunting in that community, it's the same way. You know, it's like everybody's hush hush on their secrets and you kind of yeah. have to get in. Yeah. Well, you get some people that share, but it's like, hey, man, yeah, can you take me out sometime? Show me. No. Not happening. Not so, happening. Yeah. And so, but that's is what it is. So if somebody wants to get into ginseng <laughs> hunting in Arkansas, they just, I mean, 
can you Google it? Is there anything out there? Like, yeah, I- man, there's some stuff out there. You know, there's a couple different places in in um, in Arkansas. Like, so you have to be. You don't have to have a license to license to harvest ginseng in Arkansas, but you do have to have a license to buy it. So, kind of like the middleman. So you have to find like if there's somebody you were going to sell to, you'd have to have a licensed yeah. seller if you yeah, wanted they, to offload. Yes, they have, yeah. So they have to be licensed with the state and all that. And uh, but man, there's some people out there like that. And I mean, you know, and they. I, you know, a lot of them guys, you know, have ginseng farms, you know, and grow it. And I mean, they're great resources, but sure. there's a ton of different research out there, you know, on the, the, on the internet, as far as like, if you're just wanting to learn about ginseng as a plant or, you know, how to grow it or where it grows, like, man, there's tons of information awesome. out there. I, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like, to, maybe if I take him crappie fishing, they'll take me on a ginseng. Dude, I'm telling, man, I am a deer hunting fool. Like, okay. like I'm talking, like I usually, the first week of deer season, I usually lose about 12, 14 pounds, like from... Running up and down the woods. Oh, running, yeah, running yeah. up and down the mountains through the woods. Like I just, I, I go after them suckers, man. Yeah. I'm out there all day, every day. I love it. And yeah, ginseng hunting has become kind of the same thing. For right me. there with it. That's yeah, awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun. Any other questions on that? AB on the ginseng thing. You want some now, don't you? I can oh, tell. Yeah. <laughs> you want some? I'm not, I'm not convinced. We'll get yet. you a little snoot here. For yeah, a we'll, we'll here. get, we'll get him some. So, so we'll fix that. One thing, if it's cool, when we get done here, and and we're gonna go back out here in, in the gym at some point, and actually maybe even film you walking us through just some of those basic gymnastic movements for for a rando dude trying to get off the couch, do something two or three days. So we'll we'll host that on our social media accounts and we'll put it out there. You can see, but again, if somebody wants to contact you about any kind of fitness related questions or ginseng related questions, (laughs) you said the email address was info at refineactivehealth.com. You're on all these social media platforms as Refine Active Health. Yep. What's the phone number again to reach somebody here at the gym? So, man, you can just reach out. Um, uh, the numbers, uh, you can just give me a call. So it's 479-234-3773. Um, so, yeah, if you want to reach out, man, like I said, I'll be happy to help in any way. Uh, if I don't answer the phone, I'm usually pretty busy the majority of the day. Please leave a voicemail. So yeah, I get you're a coaching of, a lot of classes. Yeah, stuff, I coach yeah. a lot. If you don't leave a voicemail, I don't know the phone number. I'm not going to call it Yeah, back, leave a message. So. You call. I mean, that's for nutrition-related questions. If you want to get set up to come work out, if you have, you know, any kind of fitness-related stuff or, or, you know, just shoot the... Yeah, just shoot the crap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Awesome. Well, um, we're the Whole Boss Podcast. You can find us on all social media platforms uh, as the Whole Boss. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, every other podcast platform you can imagine. You can find us. If you like what you hear, uh, we'd appreciate if you'd like and subscribe. Uh, share it with your friends. Word of mouth is a big deal. If you have any questions about the episode today or any ideas for topics, leave us a comment on one of our social media accounts. AB, have you got anything else today? That's it. You're good. Aaron, thanks again for being on, dude. Appreciate thanks for you. having me, man. Appreciate hey, it. We're the Whole Boss Podcast. Uh, tune in. We'll have another episode next week. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget, uh, we've got a great sponsor in Brent Brainerd with State Farm Insurance. If you've got any kind of insurance needs, whether it's home, auto, and life, outdoor specific, if you need some coverage for a boat, for UTV, for guns, for a lease, whatever, reach out to Brent. He can take care of any and all that stuff, even if it's just to answer some questions. You can reach him at 501-362-5891. That's 501-362-5891 or at brentbrainer.com. That's B-R-E-N-T-B-R-A-I-N-E-R-D.com, brentbrainer.com. Reach out to Brent on any of your insurance stuff.